Welcome to the Indie Matters Podcast, the podcast from the Nevada Independent. I'm your host, Joey Lovato, and today I'm joined by my often co-host, and I guess you're co-hosting with me today too, Jacob, but you're also going to be a guest on the show, Jacob Salise. Hello, Jacob. Hi, Joey. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm also joined by reporter Gabby Bierenbaum out in D.C. Hey, Gabby. Hi, Joey. Uh, you guys are both joining me today to talk about the election. Um, if you are listening to this now, you probably have a primary ballot uh, in the mail if you are a registered Republican or Democrat. And we're going to talk about kind of all of the the stuff going on with the primary or the caucus. If you've heard about that, there are two things happening this this year, at least if you're a Republican. And we're also going to be talking about what that looks like, what voting is going to look like this year, and how that's going to affect the general election. So to start off, I just want to ask, what is a primary? It's just a regular election, right? You you get a ballot. It's got people on it. If you're if you're a registered Democrat, you get to vote for Democrats. And if you're a registered Republican, you get to vote for a Republican. If you're a registered nonpartisan, tough luck. Uh, and that's it. Well, you, you do get a primary ballot if you are registered nonpartisan, but there's usually not very many people on that ballot. Maybe some judges or, or, or some nonpartisan positions, maybe sheriffs, right? Not for the presidential race, though, because there is no there are nonpartisan offices, but those are handled by the regular primary that's in June. In Nevada, the presidential primary is in February. Got it. OK, so if you are a nonpartisan, you are not going to be getting a ballot in the mail. You'll be seeing that in June with all of those normal, maybe lower down on the ballot races against sheriff or some judges or something like that. Mayors, um, yeah, yeah, judges, regents, stuff like that. But right now, if you are a registered Republican or Democrat, like we said, you will be receiving a ballot in the mail. You probably already have it. And if you're a Democrat, it's got Joe Biden on it. Is there anyone else on it for president? <laughs> yeah, there's there, there's lots of folks. I think the one people might recognize is Marianne Williamson. But there's also a bunch of candidates who missed the filing deadline. So people like Dean Phillips, he's a congressman, and he just he entered the race after Nevada's filing deadline was over. Another one people might recognize is Senk Uyghur from the Young Turks. There's actually a question over whether or not he can run legally because he's a naturalized citizen rather than a born in the United States. So he's also not on the ballot, but there's also a timing issue based on Nevada's filing deadline. So long story short, Joe Biden is the main candidate. And then obviously RFK Jr. is no longer running as a Democrat. So he's also not on the ballot. And then if you're a Republican, it's a little bit complicated and we're going to get into that. And to explain why it's complicated, we have to first explain what a caucus is. And so there is going to be a caucus and a primary only for Republicans in Nevada. So, Gabby, why don't you explain to me what a caucus is compared to a primary? Yeah. So a caucus is a funny little American political tradition that Nevada had for a while and that most notably Iowa has, where you have to show up in person to a specific precinct location. And typically you publicly make the case for the candidate that you want to vote for. There are multiple rounds of voting. It can take a long time. In the Nevada caucus, you don't have to publicly state. If you don't want to, you can just cast your ballot and leave. But it will have that caucus element of a bunch of people in a room arguing over who the best candidate is. Yeah. And so in the past, Nevada has had caucuses. If you've participated in the caucus in the past, you probably show up to a high school or, or a church or, or some sort of gymnasium community center and you will see your neighbors there and you all get to decide who is voting for who and you get to try and convince each other of things. They're very fun to cover as a journalist, I will say, <laughs> but they're a little bit complicated. And so Nevada actually decided as a state that we are going to move away from caucuses, correct? Yeah. So there's a 2021 law 
that the legislature passed that they instituted a primary system in which for the presidential nominating contests for both parties, they'll send out mail ballots. They set the date. This year it's February 6th. And that's a state run event that the state by law has to put on. Okay, and so they have to legally have a primary, but the Republican Party in Nevada decided, you know what, just because we have to have one doesn't mean it has to count, right? And so they are having a primary, but it does not count according to the party, which is who gets to decide what counts in the state, correct? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So they have to have the primary, but it never says that the Republican Party has to count it towards their delegate count. So the party instead is hosting this caucus. And the party also in its caucus rules says you can't run in both. So candidates had to pick one or the other. You can vote in both if you want. But yes, only the caucus will count towards Nevada's delegates that it sends to the Republican National Convention where a candidate is officially nominated. Got it. So if I am a registered Republican in Nevada and I receive a ballot in the mail, if I wanted to vote early in the primary, I can vote in that, but it will not count towards anything. And the people that are on that ballot are actually not eligible to win the party nomination from Nevada, correct? That's exactly (laughs) it. Yeah. So it could count towards some media interest from people like us. But in terms of who will get Nevada's delegates at the convention, nobody on that primary ballot is going to be eligible. Got it. Okay, so you can vote in both, but only one is going to count, and that is the caucus. And when is the caucus happening? Thursday, February 8th. And Jacob, when is the primary happening? Tuesday, February 6th. (laughs) And the you also have a early voting primary ballot, which you received in the mail, which if you are a Republican will not count. But if you are a Democrat will count. Yes. Okay. so that's a lot of information. Let's talk about who's on the Republican ballot that will not count, but you can still vote on it symbolically. Uh, Again, Gabby, you mentioned that it does garner some media attention. Here's your media attention, uh, Republicans that are on the primary ballot. Let's talk about who's on it. (laughs) Yeah. So the three biggest names that people are most likely to recognize are Nikki Haley. We can't be a country in disarray and the world on fire and go through four more years of chaos. We won't survive it. Who was the governor of South Carolina, the U.N. ambassador in the Trump administration. There's been definitely a bit of a surge for her. There's also Tim Scott. This this is the greatest nation on God's green earth. He's a senator from South Carolina. He has since left the race. And Mike Pence. I came to faith in Jesus Christ as a man in college. And I started a lifelong love affair with the Constitution of the United States. The former vice president who has also left the race. So there's a lot of candidates who have already dropped out who are going to be on that primary ballot. And then who are you going to be able to caucus for in the Republican-run state caucus in Nevada, which is two days after the primary? So that'll be Donald Trump. We will uphold religious liberty, free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms. That'll be Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. We chose education over indoctrination. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Americans are not angry. Americans are filled with anxiety. Businessman Vivek Ramaswamy. And I am genuinely worried that American dream will not exist for our two sons. And then Pastor Ryan Binkley. We've lost our way and we have to fix it. We can't continue on this path. So those are the five candidates that you can caucus for. DeSantis is in the caucus, and that was a bit controversial because his the super PAC that has been running his campaign has alleged that the caucus rules are rigged for Trump. But he wanted to play Trump on the battlefield where Trump is. That's the caucus. And he's criticized Nikki Haley for not doing the same. So it's a bit of a circular firing squad between the candidates, between the state GOP and some other members of the party. 
Governor Lombardo has even said he feels like this is confusing. So, yes, if you're confused, you're in good company. (laughs) Okay, so also let's talk about registering to vote. You can register to vote up until the day of for the primary. So if you are a Democrat, you can register to vote as a Democrat and vote in the Democratic primary up until the day of the primary, which is February 6th. You can also do that as a Republican. But again, if you do that as a Republican, the primary in Nevada does not count. Now, if you want to register to vote in the caucus, which is only for Republicans in Nevada, you have to register by January 9th. When you're hearing this, we are recording this on January 8th. You will hear this on January 9th. If you are listening to the podcast feed, you will hear this on January 14th. If you are listening on KUNR, Reno Public Radio. Yes, essentially, it's like if you want to participate in the caucus, you cannot register day of. Republicans, on principle, do not like same-day registration. And so part of the reason they're holding this caucus in the first place is so that they can implement all their own rules and say, see, look how good they work. These sort of Democrat-backed rules that Nevada has implemented since COVID are all bad. That's their argument anyways. Yeah, well, let's let's zoom out a little bit, right? I I think if we look back at the last couple of years in politics, there's been a lot of accusation of voter fraud or even just a lot of Republicans who maybe aren't necessarily touting that are still saying they have concerns about election integrity and security in elections. Gabby, you've done a lot of reporting on this. Is that kind of the rhetoric that has led to this now confusing situation we're in in Nevada? where there is both a caucus and a primary for Republicans only. I think there's sort of two layers to it. One is that they're pitching this as a way to implement all these election security laws that the governor is backed that didn't pass in the legislature. But for example, using voter ID, you're going to need to show voter ID at the caucus, a bunch of other election integrity, as they like to call it, measures that the governor has backed. So they say this is a way to for them to ensure that their election is secure. On the other hand, there have been some national stories that the Trump campaign behind the scenes is engaging with a lot of these state parties to try to hold contests that they think are favorable. They feel like a caucus is favorable to them. It advantages. And we've seen Nevada, it hasn't received a lot of presidential attention from Republican candidates. In an environment like that, typically it's going to be candidates that already are the most well-known, like a former president, that in an event where that it requires a lot of active participation, you have to go somewhere, you have to talk to people. I think the thinking is that that would advantage the former president. So I think there's both a sort of election security argument that they're making, and then there's also underlying an alliance with with Trump that a lot of other campaigns especially have latched onto and alleged. Right. And we should say that this sort of alliance with Trump isn't coming out of nowhere. Many people inside the GOP apparatus in Nevada uh, were closely tied to the Trump campaign in 2020. Several of them have been indicted as fake electors because they tried to uh, submit a false slate of electors in 2020. That includes the party chair, Michael McDonald, who introduced Donald Trump at a rally earlier this year and told people to caucus for Donald Trump. And so the other Republican campaigns have sort of pointed to those things and the rules, like Gabby mentioned, and said, what's the point of trying to campaign in Nevada? We're going to go to Iowa. We're going to go to New Hampshire. We're going to go to South Carolina try and get momentum there instead. And so, yeah, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of other Republican candidates that aren't Trump are, are you know, alleging that the caucus is rigged for Trump. And, and that's something that we're seeing play out throughout the United States right now. I was listening to The Daily, a, a, a podcast from The New York Times, and they were talking about how Trump is not on the primary ballot in Maine or Colorado right now until the Supreme Court maybe has something to say about that because they have they have removed him. But he's also not on the primary ballot in Nevada, but not because he was removed. It, that is by, by choice, and that is because of how the party is running the election. So 
there are states where Trump is not on the primary ballot because he has been removed. Yeah, that's right. With with Nevada, I think the issue there, right, is it's, it's the 14th Amendment, right? There's a clause in the 14th Amendment that says you cannot hold office if you participated in an insurrection. Obviously, that was written in the context of the Civil War, but there have been um, even some conservative legal scholars arguing in, in the last year that what happened on January 6th is tantamount to what is described in the 14th Amendment. Therefore, Donald Trump cannot be on the ballot. Now, because of this whole caucus primary thing, because Donald Trump didn't, ne he never filed for Nevada's primary, it's actually not even like a legal question that can be answered in this state until the general election, by which point one assumes that the Supreme Court will have weighed in on whether or not these sort of decisions to keep Trump off the ballot in Maine and Colorado, like you mentioned, are actually legal or not. So mm -hmm. for now, in Nevada, we can just coast and wait for the Supreme Court to do something. We've gotten a lot of the technical stuff out of the way. Hopefully all that made sense to listeners. So if you do want to participate, you're, you're able to. But why did Nevada switch to a primary over a caucus? Why did the state say like you have to have a primary all of a sudden? Yeah, we've had caucuses for a couple successive presidential elections in a row. And basically it's all tied to the sort of sordid politics of who gets to go first, because there are measured effects that states that go first in the primary nominating order have an outsized influence on who ends up being the nominee, obviously winning Iowa and winning New Hampshire, who have traditionally been the first two states back going to the 70s at the start of this whole primary nominating system. They have traditionally helped pick whoever becomes president. Obviously, if that is the case, whoever goes first, other states want to be first. And so Nevada in 2021 basically made a play at the Democratic National Committee level to try and be one of the first, if not the first nominating state in order. That didn't go to plan, and Gabby can speak more to exactly what happened at the DNC level, but this 2021 law to switch to a primary was basically a part of that effort. You mentioned the DNC, which is the Democratic National Committee, which is kind of the, like, the arm that runs the Democratic Party. The super party, as it were. The super party. <laughs> Gabby, do you want to speak more to that? Yeah. So I think after 2020, if people remember that year, I try not to. But if people <laughs> remember, the Iowa caucus was a bit of a mess. Iowa indecision. After nearly a day of chaos and confusion, our first snapshot of the caucus results. But only part of them. What should have been a straightforward vote count has now descended into chaos and delay. The problem is with apparently inconsistent results from across the state. It took a really long time for results to come in. I think caucuses in general just sort of got a bad rap out of that. They are, when you look at the political science at this, the barrier to entry to participation is a lot higher because you have to physically go somewhere in person. You have to take time out of your day to spend time there. So I think there was a sort of movement away from caucuses in general. And then the DNC also wanted to reevaluate its calendar. Iowa, which had always gone first, is a very white state. They felt like that was not reflective of the people who vote for Democrats in general, of the Democratic electorate. And so there was an effort to sort of shift the calendar around. Nevada made a huge play to try to be first. Ultimately, the DNC picked South Carolina. South Carolina was the state that sort of got President Biden's campaign in 2020 back on track. It was his first win in the primaries. He's the party leader. Make of that what you will with the order that got picked there. But Nevada as, is now tied for second with New Hampshire. Should we be shocked that Nevada, the state that nominated Bernie Sanders in 2020, was not the one that <laughs> put Biden over the edge? And if it's not confusing enough, that's just for Democrats. Republicans are maintaining the traditional Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada calendar in that order. So in that way, you'll see Republicans refer to it as the first in the West caucus. 
Though Nevada is still first in the West for the Democrats too, but whatever, it's fine. They it's wanted fine. to make it first in the nation. <laughs> yes. And so I want to do one more little technical thing here for people listening uh, for how to vote. And then we're going to move on to a little bit more of the broad-based stuff as well, which is just how can you vote in the primary, which again, only counts for Democrats if you're a registered Democrat, but you can still do it as a Republican. It just will not count. You have one in the mail and you can send that in, but there are other ways to vote in the primary as well, correct? That's right. It's like a regular election. So there's an early voting period. You can vote in person during early voting or you can drop off your mail ballot. You can mail your ballot through the mail like a mail ballot or you can vote on election day like election day. And that's it. That's voting in the primary. And where can you find those election locations, Jacob? You should be getting something in the mail that has the uh, polling locations, but you can also go to the Secretary of State's website where all of this information is under election information. The other thing to note, too, is that just like other elections that are majority by mail, there is some counting involved because as long as a mail ballot is postmarked by election day, it has up to five days to actually arrive and be counted. That said, because so many fewer people are engaged in the primary process, and we probably expect it to not be as competitive as, say, the 2022 Senate campaign, we should know who the winner of the non-binding primary is well in advance of five days after the election. And then what about the caucus? Can you only vote in the caucus on caucus day? Or is there an early voting period for the caucus for the Republicans? Nope. The caucus is just on February 8th. You have to be there. You have to be on time. And because it sort of reflects how the Republican Party in the state wishes elections were run, that's why there's not going to be any early voting. Got it. Gabby, you did mention that like generally in a caucus, you publicly state who you're supporting and then people can try to convince you. That isn't necessarily how it works in Nevada, right? You you can do that, but you can also just decide that you want to vote for uh, Donald Trump or, or, or Ron DeSantis and you don't have to publicly state that. You can just put a, a thing in a ballot, right? Yep. You can just cast a ballot and then leave. Okay, cool. All right. So we've gotten through everything for the primary. Let's talk about what we think the outcomes will look like. Predictions. Uh, what are people saying? What have you heard? Yeah, I think we can say with some degree of confidence that we can all eat all our respective hats if Joe Biden and Donald Trump do not win the respective primary and caucus in Nevada. That said, I think there's some interesting things to watch. I think the margins are what are going to be most interesting coming out of this state, especially for the Democrats. Can obviously Joe Biden is going to win, but by how much will matter? How many people vote for none of the above? How many people vote for someone like Marianne Williamson just as a protest vote, right? That they're annoyed that Joe Biden is still on the ballot, right, inside the Democratic Party. The other thing is for the Republicans, right, you still have Ron DeSantis on the ballot. If DeSantis does well in Iowa, for instance, or he does well in New Hampshire, does that give him some momentum? Does Nikki Haley doing well in Iowa give her a boost on the primary non-binding ballot where she's basically the only major candidate here? Can she parlay that into success going to Super Tuesday or something like that? I think those are the questions we're really looking at. And you mentioned five days out from the primary is when we usually get results. Is that when we expect to get results? I know in the past people, there were a lot of memes online about how slow Nevada is at counting. When should we expect to hear results for, for, for the primary and the caucus? So with the caucus, they are saying that they will have results on election night. Part of the reason is we're going to have paper ballots and it's going to be tabulated publicly and we're going to do all this stuff again because this is how they wish elections were run. Also, frankly, participation, because it's a caucus, will probably not be that high. I mean, certainly lots of people will come. But like Gabby said, you can just drop a secret ballot off at the beginning and these caucus meetings will take several hours. So the expectation is we will know by election night. Also, probably Donald Trump will win by a lot. So that will help counting like 
if it's clear that he won, we can just say that he won. We don't need to count every ballot to know that he won kind of thing, which is how elections in a lot of states work, by the way. Got it. So the primary, there are more candidates. And I think if there is a, like, again, if Nikki Haley is a runaway winner because she's the only real candidate left, I guess people could vote for Mike Pence or Tim Scott for vibes reasons, but obviously they're not even running anymore. And this is a non-binding ballot. We would expect that we probably know she wins, quote unquote, the primary pretty soon after. Is it a day after? Is it the day of? Is it several days after? It will depend on, again, what those margins are, which is usually what takes so long with counting. Uh, and then the last thing I want to ask, and I'll throw this question to you, Gabby, is just how is this going to affect the general election? Is it going to be this confusing when it come November or, or is it going to be a, a, a simpler process? Well, I think it'll be simpler in November because it's going to be a state-run election. So we're not going to have two different competing types of formats. It'll be the election you're used to, the election that you'll experience if you vote in the primary. You'll have mail ballot, early voting, and election day voting. And I think the most confusing part could be that there's some third-party candidates or independent candidates. But it's not going to be different electoral formats and different contests. All right. Well, we've gone over a lot today. Thank you both so much for being so patient with me and explaining all of this. If you have any more questions, feel free to email us uh, at joey at the nbindy.com, jacob at the nbindy.com, or gabby at the nbindy.com. Email us, ask us questions. We're here to answer them. We know this is confusing. We've spent a lot of time looking into all of this. Hopefully this clarifies stuff. If it doesn't, we're sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I will cut that. That's... No, no, leave that in. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Indie Matters. I want to thank Jacob Solis and Gabby Bierenbaum for being on the episode with me today. This show is edited and produced by myself, Joey Lovato, along with help from my editor, Michelle Rendells. Our theme song is from Emily Pratt, and we have additional music from Storyblocks and myself. You can email us at podcast at the I'm your host today, Joey Lovato, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>